together, you can worship. Man, driven to page 424. Oh, come all you faithful.
baby born in such a wondrous way. The softness of his skin, the keenness of his eyes, the depth of why he came, I cannot realize. I will treasure. Well, amen. Um, we have Lalo and Caitlin celebrate their first anniversary today. Could you guys come up just a minute? We want you to know that um, we're very thankful that God has led you here. And this is just a token of our love and appreciation. Now, uh, Lalo's going to. By the way, it's so good to have the butlers with us. How much longer will you will you guys get to be here for a while, or do you have to go back? The 13th, so we'll get at least one more Sunday with you probably. Awesome, good. It's just so good to, you guys just look like you fit. Of course you do, that's why, right? Love you guys. Cool. <laughs> well, thank you. Um, we just moved here in May, and it, it flew by. It flew by really quick. So uh, you guys are a huge blessing, and we, my wife and I were just talking about it the other day. We love being here. We love that you guys are a church family. Um, I might have set that easel up too high, and it blocks me from those people on there, but it is what it is. So um, one thing I want to I preface this message with is Pastor and I don't plan our messages together. We usually wait till Sunday morning. We're sitting in the office, and we kind of talk with each other about what we're going to preach about. Uh, and it just happened to be that's this is the way the Lord uh, just lined things up for today. So you turn your Bibles to the book of Daniel, chapter one, the book of Daniel, chapter one. I'll give you a few moments to get there. And if uh, once you find your place in the book of Daniel, chapter one, if you can, if you can stand for an uh, honor of reading the word of God and. Uh, I'm going to try and fly through the whole chapter, okay? I know it's going to be a big read, but I'll try and read fast. It says in verse number one, In the third year of the reign of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, came Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, unto Jerusalem and besieged it. And the Lord gave Jehoiakim, king of Judah, into his hand with the part of the vessels of the house of God, which he carried into the land of Shinar to the house of his God. And he brought the vessels into the treasure house of his God. And the king spake unto Asphenaz, the master of his eunuchs, that he should bring certain of the children of Israel and of the king's seed and of the princess, 
children in whom was no blemish, but well-favored and skillful in all wisdom, and cunning in knowledge, and understanding science, and as, and as such as had ability in them to stand in the king's palace, and whom they might teach the learning and the tongue of the Chaldeans. And the king appointed them a daily provision of the king's meat and of the wine which he drank, so nourishing them three years that at the end of thereof they might stand before the king." Now among these were the children of Judah, Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, unto whom the prince of the eunuchs gave names. For he gave unto Daniel the name of Belshazzar, and to Hananiah of Shadrach, and to Mishael, Meshach, and to Azariah of Abednego. But Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the portion of the king's meat, nor with the wine which he drank. Therefore he requested of the prince of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. We'll just go ahead and stop there. We'll get into the rest of the chapter uh, throughout the message, but let's go ahead and pray. Dear Lord, thank you so much for this opportunity that I get to preach. Lord, thank you for uh, your, the truth that we find in your word, God. And I just pray that you uh, uh, use me, Lord. I pray you help me to put myself aside and let, just let you speak through me, Lord. I just thank you for all the special music and uh, the preaching we already had today, Lord. And I just pray you use me, Lord, for this uh, final service of the year, God. I just pray you be with us today, Lord, and uh, just bless the rest of the service. In your name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. <clears throat> so, a New York family, uh, they bought a ranch out west where uh, they were moving out west and they were, they, they, they were in, infected with the idea that they wanted to raise cattle. So they go out west and um, not being from the area, this is all new, a new world to them, but they want to buy cattle, they want to raise cattle. So they buy out a ranch. Uh, and uh, eventually friends started visiting them and uh, they asked wh uh, wh what they decided to name the ranch. You know, when you buy a ranch, you get to name it. And uh, the, the dad said, well, uh, said the would-be cattleman, uh, I wanted to name it Bar J. My wife favored Susie Q. One son liked Flying W, and the other son wanted the Lazy Y. And uh, amongst talking about it, I guess they couldn't come uh, to an agreement, so they decided to compromise. Uh, and uh, so they're calling it the Bar J, Susie Q, Flying W, Lazy Y Ranch. Uh, <laughs> It's, it's, uh, it's definitely a mouthful, and uh, they, they got a laugh out of the, the guests. And, uh, but, but one of the friends asked, but wh where's all your cattle? Here's your ranch, here's your funny name, where's all your cattle? And uh, the cattle man simply said, well, uh, none of the cattle could survive the branding. So <laughs> uh, that's just uh, the cost of compromise, you could say. And that, that was a humorous illustration, but um, uh, we'll, we'll kind of go more into serious tone now. Um, but in the early part of the century, there was an American ship that was wrecked off the Sicily Isles near the coast of England. And the sea had been calm from all appearance, and, uh, and the weather had been clear, but the vessel was caught in a treacherous current underwater, unseen, that slowly lured it off its course. Before the captain and crew even realized what had happened, the ship had crashed into the rocks. And uh, in life, you could say, you know, we had a funny example of of the ranch and even a more serious one of the ship kind of uh, uh, being swept, uh, swept about off course by the currents. But in life, there's going to be some, and we know this as Christians, we, we, we hear this preached to us all the time, there's going to be some consequences that comes about from compromise. And that's really what I'm, what I'm preaching about today is, a, is a, about the theme that we had this year. And you could say the opposite of that, theme would, of that theme would be would be compromise. Here we have faithfulness. On the other side of the coin, we have, we have compromise. And this passage is, a, is, a, is, a, is, is very clearly talking about some men who decided not to compromise. They dedicated their life to not compromise. Uh, the word compromise, if you just look up any secular di uh, dictionary, uh, one of the definitions is this, an agreement reached by adjustment of conflicting or opposing claims or principles, etc. Um, in, in our vernacular, we understand the word compromise as kind of this principle of uh, there's two opposing sides, and compromise is when one side decide, decides to kind of give up ground uh, so they can maybe meet in the middle. It's compromise. And we, we know what the word compromise means, and often in life, our life is full of compromises. We're given choices to how we will live our lives and the path we're going to follow through that life. And when we come to these important times of decisions, it's very important for us Christians that we make the godly right decisions that God wants us to make, godly choices. And the truth is that the choices we make at these crossroads in life, these very important times in our life, are going to determine what the rest of our life looks like potentially. 
And our text, like I said, is about four men who came to, to a very important crossroads in their life. And these four men dedicated themselves. They made the decision, the choice, to not compromise. And we've all heard of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, have we not? It, it, was, it was their, de- their, their decision at, at this crossroads that, that, that now we, we learn from them. We learn from them what, what not compromising looks like. And of course, we've heard of the name of Daniel. The, the, the name of Daniel in, in, the, in the lion's den um, is, is taught all, over, all across America in Sunday schools. Even people who maybe haven't been in church have heard of Daniel in the lion's den. Uh, the, the, these, fo- these, these, these four men... Uh, they, they showed faithfulness. They came to a point in their life, they came to that crossroads in life where they decided, I'm not going to compromise, I'm going to remain faithful. Faithful. That's what our text is about. And uh, as you guys see, I have the whiteboard out, so I kind of wanted to do a little bit of a, um, something kind of keep people awake maybe, like get some business going on down here. So um, in our text, we're going to read uh, uh, some, just some simple truths but I, I, I like simplifying it because I'm, I'm a simple dude and I like seeing it in front of me. So we're going to do some math throughout the whole message today, okay? Uh, but it's not going to be very complicated math because I, I, I was never good at geography. So uh, we're just going to do some simple math. I'm just kidding. I know it's geometry, okay? I'm not that dumb, okay? But we're not going to get, the math isn't going to get too complicated, okay? So the first thing we want to bring out in our text, which we're about to read, is this, okay? We're going to do simple math. What I was worried about. I give my wife an extra one just in case this happened. Hurry. <laughs> there we go. Okay. Okay. The first, the first equation you could say. Super simple. New. New usually equals compromise. And let's, let's turn to our passage. I think, the, I think the Bible makes it very clear. It says in verse 3, And the king spake unto Asphanaz, the master of his eunuchs, that he should bring certain of the children of Israel, and of the king's seed, and of the princess. And there's going to be four new things, you could say. Four, four new things, that if you're writing stuff down, you can write these down. And these four new things are these, these, these new things that were introduced into these, these Hebrew children's lives. That, that were tempting them to compromise. And these four new things, N-E-W, new things, are the same things that uh, us Christians nowadays uh, face. And they might, they might have taken different faces. They might have, the tactics, might, Satan must have changed his tactics. But we're all going to face new things that are going to tempt us to compromise in our everyday life. And uh, I hope it becomes more clear as we get into this. And the first new thing is new places. And we see these Hebrew boys having grown around near or around Jerusalem. Um, they, they were around the synagogue. They were around their, their religious teachers. They were around the rabbis, the, 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 the priests. The, these, these Hebrew boys, as, uh, as the Babylonians came in and, and uh, ripped these young men away from their lives, from, the, from, from their families, they ripped them and took them off, took them to Babylon with them. They were, they were brought to a new place, a place that was drawing them away from what? From the teachings, from the temple, from the priest, from, from the presence of God, you could say, from the, from the influences that, uh, of, of God, the godly influences in our life. And as, as, as Babylon is many times represented as the world in, in many of the passages of, of, of uh, the Bible, um, these, these Hebrew boys were ripped away from their home where they grew up around the things of God, and they were, they were brought to a new place. There, it was new customs, new teachings, um, there was, it, was, it was full of heathens, new gods, and these Hebrew boys, the first thing they faced was it was a whole new place, a place where it would have been very easy for them to just kind of fit in instead, a place where the teachings of, of Jehovah God were, were, were unheard of, where were spoken out against because they had their false gods. They were brought to a new place where it would, have, it would have been much easier for them to fit into this new place. They were tempted with something new. Uh, another new thing that we see in their life is uh, new teachings. It says in verse 4, Children in whom was no blemish, but well-favored and skillful in all wisdom and cunning and knowledge and understanding science and such as had ability in them to stand in the king's palace and whom they might teach the learning and the tongue of the Chaldeans. Another thing that these, these Hebrew boys were faced with is, is new teachings. The Babylonians are trying to, to teach them the, their way of thinking, their way of viewing life, their way of even serving their gods, maybe, possibly. 
Um, like I said, they were taught a new language and a, way, a new way of living, and they were being taught the ways of Babylon, the wisdom of Babylon, and they were exposed to things that they, were never, they never had been exposed to before. And there was much pressure, you could say, being exerted into these Hebrew boys to, 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 to adopt these new things into their life, to forget the old teachings, the old things that they had been taught growing up from their parents or maybe from the priests around them, and to embrace these new teachings of this Babylonian society. They were being taught new things. And is that not true nowadays as we're being taught to accept uh, homosexuality and alcohol usage and recreational drug usage and the promiscuous sexual activity? And it's okay to, if you're involved in pornography, every young man does it. It's normal. And the world is trying to teach everybody nowadays their new things, their, their way of living life, their teachings, these Babylonian wisdoms, you could say. They were, pla- they were faced with a, a new home, a new place. They were faced with being taught new things. Another thing we see, it's a, it's a very popular part of the story, is they were, they were trying to be given a new diet. <coughs> it says in verse 5, And the king appointed them a daily provision of the king's meat and of the wine which he drank, so nourishing them three years that at the end thereof they might stand before the king. They were facing a new place. They were facing new things. They were, they, were, they were being taught new things, I mean, and, and they were given a new diet. And all these, the, for all their lives, these, these, these young men, these four young men, they, they were living by their dietary laws that God had given them all the way back in the time of Moses. And now, as they're brought into this, this new place with new teachings, they're also trying to give them, they're trying to change their whole diet. Knowing very well that the Hebrew boys had to, had, had to obey the, these dietary laws given to them by God. But no, they were trying to change their dietary law, their, their, their diet. Um, and not only that, but obviously we know that God had told them that there were certain beasts they weren't supposed to eat of. And not only that, but they weren't supposed to eat of any unclean things or of any meat given to other idols, to gods. And these, most likely not, if you look into their, their culture, what, what these men were trying to feed these Hebrew men what was meat that was already offered to their false gods. So they were trying to get them to eat unclean animals. They were trying to get them to eat meat that was offered to false idols, to false gods. They were trying to give them a new diet. And I'm, I'm going I'm to try and make just some, some spot-on application throughout the message. Um, and, you know, uh, okay, what's so wrong about a new diet? Well, if we're talking spiritually nowadays, um, there's a lot of things that we can uh, spiritually include in our diet. And there's a lot of things that the world provides spiritually for our spiritual diet. And just like the Hebrew boys were tempted to, to, to include this, to, to adapt this to this new diet, uh, there's a lot of things that Satan would love for every single one of us in this room to include in our spiritual diet, which is why we're always preaching against, and you're always hearing against uh, the music you're listening to, and the, and the people that you, that, that you watch on YouTube, and the people, the podcasts that you listen to, and all these people that you get your political advice from. There's all these things that you're adding, to, that you're letting in through your ears, through your eyes, that, that you're associating with that's, that's feeding you spiritually, and it's either going to nourish you up in the things of God, or it's going to be a diet that conforms to this world. And, and you have to be very careful with what you nourish yourself with. And I'm not dwelling too much on, the, on these new things. We're, we have to get through the rest of the message. But these Hebrew boys got ripped out of their home and they were, they were brought to a new place, away from the things of God. They were, they, were, they were being taught new things, the Babylonian way of doing things. And they were, they were trying to change their diet, uh, a diet that completely went against their dietary laws given to them by God. And, and you could say the, the, the final big new thing that they, were, that they were facing was something that King Nebuchadnezzar was trying to do to them. And we see that in verse 7. Unto whom the, unto whom the prince of the eunuchs gave names. For he gave unto Daniel the name of Belshazzar, and to Hananiah of Shadrach, and to Mishael of Meshach, and to Azariah of Abednego. They, were try, they, they took him to a new place. They were trying to teach him new things, and they, they even tried giving them new names, or you could say a new identity. <clears throat> Daniel means God is my judge. The name Hananiah means God is gracious. The name Mishael meant God is without equal. The name Azariah means the Lord is my helper. And when the new names that were given in Babylon, Belshazzar, which was given to Daniel, means Bel will protect. Shadrach means inspiration of the sun. Meshach means belonging to Aku. Abednego meant servant of Nego. And these were all their false gods. So Nebuchadnezzar's goal for these Hebrew boys was to rip them apart from their home, 
They, they were ripped apart from, from the place of, of the influence of God. They were, they, they, were, they were to be taught their Babylonian way of thinking, their Babylonian wisdom that went against the commandments of God. They were to be, their, their diet was to be changed, to go against the dietary laws that God had for these Hebrew young men. And, and to top it all off, Nebuchadnezzar said, you know what, that's not enough. I'm going to change your whole identity. And I don't have to get too much into this, that you guys are kind of seeing it now. You, you, you could be online for just a few minutes, and you realize how the world is trying to change. Uh, here's the best example I can think of this, and I just saw, I just saw it on uh, uh, this past week, and it was just so angering. <clears throat> we obviously know the LGBTQ, and, and they're kind of fighting against the transsexual. It's kind of, uh, it's kind of, they're kind of fighting the communities are. But there's this thing with the transsexual community where you're transphobic if you're a man who, who goes on a date with a man who thinks he's a woman and doesn't tell you, and then, and then you, you, you're, you're going to become unholy, you're, you're going you're to do some unholy things, you're going to maybe uh, fornicate outside of marriage, and you, you, you're transphobic if, if you have a problem with that. You're transphobic if you're not going to date a trans woman, what they call, a man pretending to be a woman. No. Um, not only do you have to accept us, but you have to like us. In fact, you have to date one of us. And if not, guess what? You're transphobic, and we're going to cancel you. They're not just trying to change what you're okay with. They're trying to change your identity. They're, they're, trying to, they're saying, you know what? You have to be homosexual or else you're transphobic and you're hateful and you're a bigot and you're a racist and you're a Nazi. And just the same way that back, back in, in, for these Hebrew boys, the, they were trying to change their identity and who they were, Satan is still working very hard to change the identity of every single believer in this room, every single believer sitting in a church across America. So yes, these new things, I'm not talking about new technology, and yes, we can, we can preach about tech, I'm, I'm just talking about new things that go against what God has already said to be true. They, they, were, they were ripped about to a place where, God was, where God's influence wasn't there. They were changing their way of thinking, their, their, their teachings. They, they wanted to get a new dietary law, and they were, giving a, they were trying to give them a new identity. These new things... These new things that went against what God had already said is true. What God already said is it's what you're supposed to do, is what you're supposed to do, follow me. What? These new things were tempting, were tempting these Hebrew boys to compromise. But what's the one thing that is, that you could say, fights compromise, that is greater than compromise? Well, it's been on our walls the whole year, right? So, new usually leads to compromise, and we don't want compromise. I'm praying that we don't want, none of you are going to stand up and say, I can't wait to compromise certain spiritual things in my life. Nobody, if, you, if you want to, you can go ahead and do it right now. Nobody's doing that, right? We don't want compromise. So, what's the opposite of compromise? How do we fight compromise? How do these Hebrew boys fight compromise? Well, it's easy. I really hope I don't misspell anything right now. It would be embarrassing. Faithfulness is greater than compromise. These Hebrew boys were faithful. Did I do that right, guys? Is that good? Okay. I looked it up just to make sure. <laughs> Faithfulness is what you need to fight compromise. What these Hebrew boys needed to do to fight this compromise, to fight this compromise that these new things are trying to tempt them with, is to be faithful, to remain faithful. Faithful, faithfulness is how you fight compromise in your life. We're going to another one already, okay? So new equals compromise. Faithfulness is what you need to fight compromise. So, how do we get faithful? Is that right, babe? Cool. Okay. How do we get faithful? We're, we're going to figure that out, okay? What equals faithfulness? If it's misspelled, pretend it's spelled right. What equals faithfulness? <clears throat> Here we go. I think the first half of this, you could say, is found in verse 8. But Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the portion of the king's meat. Another word for purpose, we can, we can kind of bring that up to our modern vernacular, is what? Dedication. Daniel and the boys, the Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they dedicated to do something. They were dedicated to not defile themselves with, with a portion of the king's meat. Okay, we're still missing another part, but we'll get there. But uh, Daniel and, the, and, the, and these Hebrew boys, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, had to come to a point in their personal lives, and I'm betting you they were, they were taken away from their parents. So for the teenagers, uh, their parents, 
didn't dedic weren't dedicated for them. They themselves had to be dedicated. Every single Christian is responsible for you to come to a point in your life where you, where you decide, I'm going to dedicate myself to the things of God. I'm going to dedicate, I'm going to be purposeful to, to not compromise. And um, it's funny, it's going to happen tomorrow probably, right? What's the, what's the funniest New Year's resolution that everybody makes fun of all the time? The, the diet, right? The diet and exercise, right? And you're going to go to a gym. It's going to be packed out. This is the gym's favorite time of the year because they, they get so much, they get so many funds during this time of the year, right? And it's going to be full of people trying to work out and exercise. And slowly but surely, most of them are going to dwindle off, right? It's going to take those special few that are actually going to make a dedication in their lives to, 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 to try and lose weight and to keep the weight off, okay? Dedication, that's what we're talking about. And the, the Daniel and these Hebrew boys had to get to the point where they, they were dedicated. They, 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 just, they made that, that decision in their lives, in their hearts, in their mind, and maybe they even had to say it out loud. Maybe they had to open up their Bibles and write it in their Bibles. Maybe they had to write it on their phone. So when they were on their phone, they, they, they remember that they were dedicated to what? Dedicated to something else. Dedication to what equals faithfulness? Dedication to pleasing God. Because it's easy to say, Christians, don't compromise. Okay. How? There has to be something that fuels that because with the world trying to shove all these new things down your throat, with the world trying to tempt you, with, with drawing you to places away from God, with trying to tempt you to, to feed your soul with some things that are worldly, trying to tempt you with their, their way of thinking, trying to tempt you with a new identity, you have to have some fuel behind your, I'm not going to compromise. Because if, if, if you don't have some fuel behind that, it's going to be hard to remain faithful. And the fuel for that is dedication to pleasing God. That, that, that's what these boys dedicated their lives to. As we see in the passage, Daniel came to, to, the, to, to the prince of the eunuchs and said, I'm not going to disobey my God. God told me that I have, I have to obey these dietary laws. I'm not going to defile my body with your unclean food that you're giving us, which that in itself was dangerous because he could have been killed at that moment. And he said, I'm, I don't want to disobey my God. He, he was saying, I want to please my God. I want to obey him. I might be away from my family. I might be away from the priest. I might be away from my teachers. I might be away from the rest of my friends who, who, who are obeying their dietary laws. Because you know what? I probably missed it in, in the point about new home. It's easy to please God whenever you're at church, whenever you're around other Christians. But it's a lot harder to do whenever you're ripped away from your family or people that are pressuring you to please God. They had to come to a personal life, a personal point in their lives where they dedicated to please God with their lives. And as Daniel comes to the prince of the eunuchs, he said, I'm not going to do what you told me to do. In fact, let's put God to the test. That's what he was saying. He said, why don't you feed me and, and my friends here something different? That he went vegan, uh, which, you know, I don't know about that. But um, he, wanted to, he wanted to please and obey God. And they agreed to it. They agreed to it. So, Compromise. A lot of new things in life are going to tempt you to compromise in your spiritual walk with God. And what we need to fight that compromise is faithfulness. It's what's been plastered on the walls. And what needs to fuel your faithfulness? How do you get to faithfulness? Is ask yourself this question. Are you really dedicated to pleasing God? Is pleasing God really your number one priority in life? Is pleasing God really really, really at the bottom of your heart, really fueling your, your, your desire to serve Him? Is pleasing God really at the forefront of every decision that you make? Is pleasing God really at the forefront of every word that you say? Is pleasing God really at the forefront of every place that you go? Is pleasing God really at the, is, re, is it really fueling the friends that you surround yourself with? Is pleasing God fueling those hobbies or extracurricular activities that, that you, you, you try to fill your life with? Is, is pleasing God really a priority in your life? That should be your dedication. You should dedicate yourself. If, if you're going to stand against compromise, if you're going to actually be able to stand in this, in this world, this sin-filled world that's trying to teach you new things, that's trying to change you, even your whole identity, if you're going to be able to stand against any of that, you have to dedicate yourself to please God. That's the only way you'll ever be faithful. And yes, it's good to come here and say, I'm not going to compromise. But you have to learn to love to please God. You have to learn to dedicate yourself to please God. Just like maybe for many, um, the, the weight loss thing. I, I got to a point where I dedicated myself to losing weight. Where I dedicated myself to, to making more money. Or I dedicated myself to these things. The most important things we should dedicate ourselves to is pleasing God. That's what we're here on this earth for. And if you don't have that you won't be able to stand faithful against the compromise this world tries to tempt you with. Faithful comes from dedication to pleasing God. 
Faithfulness comes from dedication to pleasing God. And these Daniel and these Hebrew boys got to that point in their life where they dedicated themselves. And like I said, they were away from the parents. They weren't pressured to do it because there was nobody else behind them. They themselves personally decided, I'm going to please God with my life. Dedication to please God equals faithfulness. <clears throat> they made up their minds that they were going to live for the Lord, and they didn't allow anything around them to change that fact. <clears throat> and we see that even in the rest of this, of this book, in the book of Daniel, that they stuck to their guns, didn't they? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they'd rather go to the fiery furnace than to bow down and worship the giant idol of King Nebuchadnezzar. And Daniel would rather go to the lion's den where he was sure he was going to die to stop praying to God Almighty. And mind you, when Daniel went to the lion's den, he wasn't a young man anymore. He wasn't a spry chicken. People say he was between 70 and 90 years old. He was old. I think he was 90 years old whenever they threw him in the lion's den, closer to that. He was an old man. And and, and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and Daniel, they stuck to their guns. You can see that this decision in our life, this decision that we see in Daniel chapter 1, wasn't a one-time thing that went away after a couple weeks of youth conference. This decision that they made didn't fizzle away after a week of of having a revival here at Shawnee Mission Baptist Temple. This dedication they they made in their lives to please God with their life lasted for the rest of their lives. And that's what we need today. Because you know what? We're going to face a new year. And we don't know what what that's going to bring. Hopefully the Lord comes back. But if he doesn't, you know what that means? That the attacks from Satan, the attacks from the world, the influence from the world is going to get so much stronger. And the last thing we need as Christians who are compromising in the little areas in life. The last thing we need is Christians who haven't gone to the point in their life where they say, I'm going to dedicate my life to pleasing God. Because without that, Compromise is going to come into your life. And it's also, uh, it, we, don't, we, don't often, we obviously don't suffer it here, but how many of you, maybe, I know this happens as preachers, sometimes you just imagine things, and ev- eventually the world's going to get bad enough probably where people are going to start threatening our lives for preaching the gospel. And sometimes you just imagine yourself, man, if somebody were to walk in here to sh- right, now, right now at 140, right, December 31st, and point a gun at us and say, denounce the name of God or I'm going to kill you. We like to think, yeah, I'm going to stand for God. I'm not giving up my faith. And how foolish that is. And you say, why? Well, because you already can't stand for the little things in your life. What makes you think you're going to be able to stand against compromise whenever your life is on the line? You can't, you can't, you're already compromising with the music you listen to when nobody else is around. What makes you think somebody having a gun to your head saying, deny the deity of Christ, is going is to keep you from compromising? If you're already denying the things you look at when nobody else is watching, what makes you think you'll be able to stand against that? People are already compromised. Christians are already compromising. They think that one day when the world really gets rough and our lives start getting threatened for, for serving God, that we'll be able to stand a chance. But we won't. Not unless we decide now in every area of our life to fight against compromise. And how would we fight against that? By dedicating our life to pleasing God. And one last little, one last little thing there. And we're done, I promise. Is that faithfulness... I'm just going to write faithful because it's too long. Equals. And this is a promise. This isn't a guess. This isn't just, I think it'll happen. This is a promise from God's Word. Faithfulness always equals blessings. Always equals blessings. And we see that in this passage right here. It says in Daniel uh, chapter 1, verse 17, As for these four children, God gave them knowledge and skill in all learning and wisdom, and Daniel had understanding in all visions and dreams. And throughout the Bible, we see, we see Abraham. God, 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 prom- God blessed him for his faithfulness. There's plenty of examples in the Bible I could give you that I'm not going to get into of God blessing people because they remained faithful to him, because they dedicated themselves to be pleasing to God, because they stood against the compromise that the world was trying to force, was trying to force them to give into. So not only... Yes, and it, sound, it sounds dark and it sounds dreary. Oh man, the world's getting worse. This is going to be tough. It's going to be hard to compromise. And maybe your only image of, comprom- of, of, of being faithful is, is this. Is you being locked up in a prison cell or, or, or just imagining the worst thing possible. But the Word of God tells us that when you're faithful, God is going to bless you. God is going to protect you. He's going to give you safety. And He's going to bless your life just like we see in the life of Daniel. And that's really what the whole point of my message was about. Just simple truth. It's just those words on the wall there. Faithful. 
that you wouldn't be able to put those up. You wouldn't have been faithful for 55 years. Shawnee would not have been faithful for 55 years if it wasn't for men and women who in their own personal lives decided, I'm going to dedicate my life to pleasing God. And through that, look at the blessings God's given us. Look at the beautiful building we have. Look at the safety we get to enjoy. The family that we get to enjoy being in each other's presence. My wife and I get to partake of the blessings of people many years ago being faithful, dedicating their lives to pleasing God, standing against the tides of compromise, fighting against those things. We get to join those blessings today. Just think about the blessings that God has in store for you if you just wouldn't compromise. If you just decided, I'm going to dedicate my life to pleasing God with my life wholeheartedly, every day. That's how you fight the compromise. <clears throat> Simple truth and a simple, I guess, uh, message to end the year. To, it's the last message about, that we can use, I guess, for the theme faithful. Is compromise is going to come. There's going to be new things that are going to tempt you every single day. Young people, uh, parents, older people, dads. Uh, there's going to be a lot of new things that Satan tries to tempt you with that will lead you to compromise and lead your family down the road of compromise. It's the same for, it, it, it's, a truth that, it's a truth of life for everybody. Compromise is going to come. Uh, you could say the, the, the temptation to compromise is going to come. The only way to stand against that is to dedicate yourself to pleasing God with your life. But don't worry. Once you do, God promises blessing and safety and, and, and uh, maybe physical danger might come. But you know what? We have spiritual safety. Amen? No matter what may come. But God promises to bless your life and use you if you stand against compromise and you remain faithful. So, as, so what should be a New Year's resolution for some of us? For some of us, the, the first thing we have to do is, is get on our knees and say, God, I'm sorry. I've been compromising in some areas in my life. And I need, I need to get these right. Maybe a new resolution that every single one of us should have is this. God, I'm going to dedicate every day to please you with my life. Everything that I do, everything that I say, everything that I see, everything that I listen to. My life is dedicated to pleasing you and only you. <clears throat> uh, there was a giant 400-year-old redwood tree that came, trash that came crashing down one day. And uh, nobody could really figure out why. And the tree had survived four centuries, four centuries, of storms, lightning, and earthquakes. So what, what felled it? What, what caused this tree to fall down? Well, they decided to make a closer inspection, and investigators found that these tiny little beetles had found their way inside the trunk and had begun eating away its life-giving fibers, weakening its mighty bulk from the inside out. That's the very same way Satan's going to try and get every single one of you. It's the little compromises. The, comprom the compromises, that is not that big of a deal. But God wants us to remain faithful. Somebody once said, Show me a person who has fallen away from their walk with God, and I will show you a person who started making small compromises in his or her life a long time ago. Let's pray. Dear God, thank you so much for this day of life you've given us, Lord, and I just thank you for the reminder, Lord, that compromise, temptation to compromise, is going to come in every one of our lives. But thank you, Lord, for giving us your word, your book, that shows us that we can, we can be faithful to you, Lord that we can dedicate our life to serving a God who is loving, gracious, all-powerful, all-knowing, and he's, who's going to come back for us, God. I just pray that if there's somebody in this room who needs to uh, um, maybe get some compromise out of their life, Lord, I pray that you uh, deal with them and they come and do business with you, Lord. And I pray that you help every single Christian in this room, Lord, to dedicate our life to pleasing you with, our, with our, uh, every fiber of our being, God. I just thank you for this day, Lord. I pray you do a work in the hearts. And then uh, take us into the new year, God. You're going to pray. Amen. And as they, uh, you may stand as they're going to start playing. And if there's some things that maybe the Lord has, um, I didn't use many examples, but maybe there's some things in your life that you say, I've been compromising in some small areas, some areas that I think are insignificant. I need to get those right with God. Maybe just come and say, God, 2024, the new year, I'm going to make sure that I dedicate my life to pleasing you in everything that I do.
Can you guys hear me? Yep, there we go. <clears throat> so, um, I do want to, can I take a few moments? I just want to, my wife and I are just talking a lot, and I just really want to thank every single one of you guys for making us feel at home here, and we love our new church family. There's a lot of stuff that's happened to us this year, in our first year of marriage, and just a lot of stuff that's happened, and we know that we wouldn't be able to make it through if it wasn't for our church family that God gave us. So, we love every single one of you, and we're so thankful to, to be here and get to serve with you guys and get to serve you guys. So just want to thank you all very much for that. Um, just some points of interest. Um, there's still a sign-up sheet on the back for uh, cleaning the first half of 2024. Uh, go ahead and sign up for that. Be a blessing. Um, we have so Today's the last day for year-end giving, uh, and anything after today will be recorded for 2024. Uh, the patch will restart again on Wednesday, January 10th at 7 p.m. If you have any more questions, please see Brother Stephen Foster. Uh, we have our game night and chili cook-off. It'll be January 19th at 6 p.m. That's a Friday. <clears throat> um, it'd, be, it'd be awesome to be here. I've heard a lot of cool things about it, so I'm excited for it. I'm also judging it, so uh, yeah, we'll see how that goes. <laughs> I won't eat that day. Um, we have an annual business meeting coming up Wednesday, January 31st, a couples retreat, and there'll be more info in the bulletin uh, the next week. And then any prayer requests that you want to keep on the uh, prayer sheet, if you go ahead and email me that, uh, that'd be great. And if you have my number, if you want to text that to me as well, you can text it to me. Um, I can look on there as well. Um, uh, Brother Logan Peterson, I want you to dismiss us in prayer.